Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to Propaganda. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. There's a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Until the end of January 2022, you can get 15% off your legal fees for conveyancing instructions. Dan, Michael and Moscow with you on Propaganda, which is the show where we find out what's been said about Leeds United in the wake of the most recent game, which is the victory at West Ham at the London Stadium. Always been a fan of that ground, haven't you? Not the ground so much. Um, the events in the ground this weekend. The events in the ground this weekend, yes. I mean, the Olympics were all right when they were there, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It was a suitable stadium for that. Yeah, it was probably the high for the venue, wasn't it? It's never going to get any better after that. So um, the first half of Propaganda is where we look at things from a Leeds perspective. We'll do West Ham in the second half. And we've got some good stuff on the way. There's some good clips, aren't there, Michael? You've done some yeah. sterling work. It's got to the point now where people send us things as well, which is really good. So you're doing kind of Michael's work for him, which means he can be even lazier. I will say people only do it when we win. Ah, when on the defeats, I'm on my own <laughs> trying to find trying to find something. It's not very easy, but yeah, weeks like this, loads of angry cockneys, lovely stuff. Excellent. And one of the overarching themes is that everyone's just ace, and it was great. We're, we're back. Yeah, there Seems was never there was never any problem in the first place. <laughs> Yeah, um, lots of people just saying uh, Neil Warnock is a character. Um, described it as organised chaos, the Leeds United of last year, which is, it is pretty much how it felt, wasn't it? It was like, this is this is good, we're at them. Anyway, we haven't been a lot of the time this year. And our worst performances, you've kind of got to the end of it and you thought, oh, there weren't really many chances in that. We were never we never stretched them, whereas in this, it was there were, there were bits of it where they couldn't cope with us. I know there were bits where they had chances and, and what have you as well, but we can ignore them. Because we're yeah. biased. But we always do concede chances though, don't we? It's kind of the nature of the beast. But um, we're always going to make them too. And that is one of the beauties of uh, of the way that Leeds play, as as Graham Souness identified. We need to mention Souness actually, don't we? Because he was lightly trashing Leeds United in the build-up to this. Because, well, we didn't watch the build-up on Sky, but it was brought to our attention and there was lots of talk on Twitter about him saying that uh, when Robbie Keane said, Leeds are a massive club, and he said, yeah, in Leeds. <laughs> Sort of paraphrasing a bit there, but that was about the, the thrust of it. But then afterwards, he was on about getting a season ticket if he lived in West Yorkshire. Well, Graham's never been to Wakefield because we're big there too. So mm-hmm. in your face, in your face, Graham. Not to mention Harrogate and York and uh, Dewsbury, big me- metropolis. You should uh, type you places. should name some more places in Yorkshire, Michael. Okay, Pontefract, yeah, uh, Castleford, Bradford, uh, Bradford, Hull. I'd say as far as Hull, yeah. Scarborough. Oh, Hull on Hull. Have you seen the signs, Moscow? Um, the new Welcome to Hull signs. Are they real? 
I think so. And at the bottom of the signs, it says uh, we might not be perfect, but at least we're not Leeds. I think somebody's been mischievous with those signs, haven't they? I don't think it's an official East Riding uh, Council of Elders uh, <laughs> initiative. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about Hull, are we? We're here to talk about West Ham. Have we overcome a curse here as well? Because um, it wasn't mentioned by us on the match ball, actually, that we won in London, which is a rare beast. Yeah, and the West Ham curse and the Mike Dean and VAR all had a hand in this game. Didn't matter. Mike Dean was actually surprisingly low-key for Mike Dean. Yeah, he was okay. I mean, obviously there's a big hoo-ha about the, the disallowed goal for us, but they got the disallowed goal for West Ham right, and they didn't really get too involved in anything. I suppose he could have sent off Antonio for the foul on... Did he foul Cock? Yeah. Mm, yeah. But that was always... He was on the ground, wasn't he, when he did it? It was kind yeah. of two-footed, but he was... His back leg was he on the ground, yeah. He wasn't like fully airborne, was he? Which is what normally gets you the red. And he was decisive as well, was old Dean. Just yellow card was out before they'd even put the camera on him. So um, you kind of like that instead of somebody waiting to hear what Jurgen Klopp, if he's phoning in an opinion on it. So he was fine, but we know what he's like. Interesting thoughts on that, actually, from uh, Stu the Shoe. And we should say we welcome the feedback from our TSB Plus members who let us know what they thought about the match ball and the game in general. Stu the Shoe saying that Mike Dean let the boys play. He didn't interfere unnecessarily. It was refreshing. An old ref, was he that old? Uh, letting the game go. Could have sent Antonio off, but that would have killed the game. I mean, we were, we were all watching it together and we all sort of went, ooh, as he did it. And then we saw the replay and went, yeah, yeah, fine. Have a yellow for that. That's all right. Hard yellow. One thing a couple of people did mention actually was uh, Peter and um, Wisconsin Todd, which is something I did mention during the game, but not on the match ball, was their goal from the corner where there was a foul in that as well, which VAR didn't seem to look at, but Diop shoved cock. Like just, he just basically lobbed him on the floor and then Bowen came in behind and scored. I mean, he was, Bowen was Dallas's man, so whether it made a difference, I don't know. But he, he very, well, you, you can't say, can you? Because you, you don't know if he'd have got there or not. Yeah, but right. he very clearly does get chucked on the floor. Yeah. And, and when, when it, was, it, was it the Brighton Palace game on Friday, mm. the derby that no one cares about? Don't tell me you weren't excited for that all day. I wasn't even aware it was on, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> it's, um, they were, anyway, VAR gave a penalty for wrestling to the ground, didn't it? I think. Yeah, Prompt. if you go back a week to the FA Cup when um, the Villa goal was disallowed, wasn't it? Because they'd blocked off Cavani about three miles mm. away from where the actual fun was happening. Yeah, it took them quite a while to work out what exactly they were disallowing it for. Yeah, well, they... But they got there in the end and they did the job. Yeah, they were working towards disallowing it for something. They went through offside, another offside, you know, was the ball in the quadrant, everything, and then somebody, ah, we've got them. Um, but So I kind of welcomed that that didn't happen with this goal. I just don't welcome it going in against Leeds. But we know what we're like from corners. It's almost acceptable Mm. Now it's oh yeah, just put it in, and you, and you um, every time that another team doesn't score against us from a corner, I almost celebrate it a little bit. It's like it feels like a a, a big achievement. It's like you know a, a thick child passing a maths test or something. <laughs> why, Great, why, well why, done. Why did you gesticulate towards Michael then? <laughs> He's here. He's yeah. available. I um I do sometimes cheat on the kids' maths homework. I ask I ask Google oh, to really? do some of the more difficult sums. If you really are difficult, uh, really if difficult. If you are teaching the Normans and twins, then. Bear this in mind. <laughs> Although they've, now they've heard me do it, they're sometimes doing it themselves, which is a bit sneaky. Um, so, uh, where were we anyway? On VAR, though, a few people did say as well that, you know, he wasn't offside because of, I think people were not looking at where the goalkeeper was. Everyone assumes that the goalkeeper was on the line and it's yeah. just the last defender, but it's not obviously. It's, it's two, two, play, any two, two players. players yeah. For the Rodrigo goal. Yeah. Well, not the click goal, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, a few people got in touch about it, but yeah, it's one of those ones that morally it's not offside. And I think if Bielsa was in charge of VAR, because this was 
the one time he's really got cross about this, wasn't it? Very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah very, very, Roger picked very, up actually in the comments. He said, "Did he applaud it sarcastically?" He did. Yeah, I was yeah like, massively. Muy bueno, very good, very. Oh, well done. You've done your job. Yeah. And then he just had a little crouch to himself and just went. <laughs> Starts just <laughs> just waving his arms about. Like, it's probably the you need to move on. I think he was having a word with himself at that point. Yeah. Like, yeah. let it go, let it go. It should have been a goal. But it's fine. It's, it's fine. almost you'd consider booking him for descent, but he's too cute. <laughs> <laughs> he Even, didn't get anyone's face either, did he? Yeah. Like yeah. Klopp had been full spit in the linesman's face, wouldn't it? That? And the thing with Rodrigo's intervention on that goal, you know, if he'd been over the line, it would have been fine. If he'd been an inch to the left, it would have been fine. But it's the definition of the interfering with play rule is if the ball touches you, mm. you're interfered. It's, it's you're hard involved. to argue, hard to argue otherwise, isn't it? Mm. Like about your intervention, even if it made no material difference difference you know, to the outcome yeah, yeah it's, it's just that it's unfortunately the way it is but isn't it's it? the rewind to last week when mm. you're going like well how can you say Bowen well Bowen was I think ruled not involved because even though he was trying to tackle Melier face first or mm. boot to face he, he failed he didn't yeah. get to touch on it so yeah. by screwing up um, he got away with it whereas um, Rodrigo in this instance the only thing you could say about Rodrigo is maybe don't whinge because he was having a little bit of a strop because the ball hadn't been passed to him. Mm. He was standing on the goal line having a, a Mardi moment when the ball hit him. So it's maybe... If and, it, he, and the ball actually to click was perfect. Yeah. Yes. It was absolutely the right ball I was going to gonna say that deserves some praise in itself. Rafinha's ball. Because he actually looked up. I mean, how many times have we seen people in years gone by get to the byline and just cut it back mm. and hope for the best and maybe it doesn't quite work. But he, he absolutely pinpointed that one. Those players were Jimmy Kebby though, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. This, this, I think Rafinha's got a little bit um, more about him, especially with that, and then also the pass to Jackie Harrison for his oh, third goal. Yeah, the, he Pabloed it. Mm-hmm. Pabloed it against Stoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, and uh, and Harrison's finish as well. We mentioned it, but um, watching it again, slowly seeing him speeding up towards the pass, reading it, slowing down a bit, then seeing the keeper coming and speeding up again to get there ahead of him, and then we always say Harrison's kind of finishing and his final ball is. Never, well, not never, but is often not as good as we want it to be. But his first touch is exquisite. Here, he finished with his first touch. So, so it was exquisite. Everything worked out perfectly. Jackie gets some praise actually from uh, from Lee and the Cheese as well, who's saying earlier in the season, I complained that Harrison has spent too much time shagging his misses and not enough time practicing <laughs> scoring. I'm prepared to eat my, my words now as if it wasn't for his well-exercised and likely muscular penis, he'd have never <laughs> scored that second goal. <laughs> I mean, I think just for the record, it did go off his thigh, didn't it? But that's not, Good for the joke. So, um, the the pelvic area in general, just as it's been a, a curse on Robin Cock, ironically, aided Harrison's finishing. It was a, a good thrusting motion <laughs> to get that ball over the line. <laughs> Jackie gets a lot of um, he gets a lot of hero nominations anyway. So maybe, maybe we should more deal with him in that section. But Click does get a couple of uh, mentions as well, and we talked about him being robbed of a goal by the selfish Rodrigo. I very much enjoyed Click's subsequent. Um, it's just the low level kind of uh, trolling of football in general isn't mm-hmm. it and the injustice of it all on Twitter he uh, he corrected I think it was LUFC Data who put his match stats up and then he just asterisked it with one goal as well <laughs> and you saw him afterwards actually when he was chatting to Mike Dean just like and then he saw and I actually if you watched it again I watched it back he sees the replay on the screen and he's just oh, forget it yeah. ridiculous mm-hmm. I think he, there's um, it's not quite the famous gif of Rodrigo shrugging against Burnley wasn't it when his goal was allowed but there is a, a moment I think where he looks over at Click and he's like <laughs> <laughs> It was Click also replied to the club's tweet, didn't he? When they, they put something like, How are we all feeling this morning? A bit tired. <laughs> a bit tired. Not great, a bit tired. 
He's great, he's click. I'm, I'm so glad he's back. Which is on probably... The, on Twitter. He's, he's, I think he's probably the most authentic presence. If I found out it was someone else running his account, I think I'd be a bit heartbroken. No, it's never. There's a photo of him on Instagram today as well, of him standing mm. in front of a um, graffitied wall wearing is it out, the jeans? an absolutely outrageous pair of trousers that he's yeah. got on. Um, he's pretending to be on the phone, turning down uh, transfer interest. <laughs> Which is it's, yeah, I told you. Thing. I told you I'm not moving anywhere this January. Stop yeah. ringing me, kind of thing. Um, he's a but the, good guy. The trousers are outrageous, and that's the thing. Everyone's been ready to chuck click in the bin, saying he's finished. It's over. We need someone to replace him. And then he goes and does things like that, and you think, oh God, stay forever. This is. I mean, the for they always say form is temporary, class is permanent. You can't fight the aging process. But he's what thirty one, going on thirty two. He's got everything within him to, if we do look back and say maybe COVID has made the last couple of seasons difficult for him because he did get it about 20 times, there's every chance that next season's Matt Click is superb again. And there's, you know, the, these two seasons just get written off things. It's not a, life is not a steady line. Mm. That's profound for you, isn't it? It is. Um, loads of mentions of Moyes, but we're going to push that into the heroes and villains. Is he going to be a hero or a villain, do you feel? I feel maybe a villain. Right, yeah, because he didn't show up. <laughs> It was it was actually quite low key whinging Moyes in that it's way. It's really annoyed people though. Yeah, which is good. Which is what this is about. This is about pettiness, isn't it? Mm. it is yeah. about- well, it's not. It's not the. It wasn't the volume. It was the the volume. The volume <laughs> it wasn't the noise, but the amount. Yeah. Um, he may have been saying it quietly, but he said it a lot. And he said it last week. He said it in midweek. He said it during this game. And I know that we'll do all this in um, when he, we're nominating him as a villain. But he did nothing about it. If you were worried about your team being tired for this game, playing Leeds twice in a week, why did you play such a strong team last Sunday, knowing that this would happen? He's moaning on about Antonio being out on his feet at the end of this game. And he goes, well, what could we do? Well, what could you do? Well, can I just rewind a week and maybe put a suggestion forward? Have you got one? Can you think of one? Yeah, they've got a 17-year-old hot shot um, from the under-23s who did come on for him in the league game. Um, I think it's called Perkins or Parkins or some kind of Cockney wide boy name. <laughs> Oh, Perkins, put him on. And a fruit and vegetable. We had uh, Sam Greenwood last week in the FA Cup. Play your hotshot youth striker in the FA Cup. They gave him four minutes on Sunday when Antonio was out on his feet. It's no good to anybody. And that's his first four minutes in the Premier League at all this season. Their under-23s are top of the league. They beat Leeds on Monday because essentially they're a bunch of really good, strong players who've he's let them go in the Europa League a little bit put them in the FA Cup if you've got two games coming up in a week don't bellyache on about us not playing one of our postponed but games but in Moscow because- the, the midweek game came as a surprise we had no idea we was going to be playing it all playing Leeds again and that they ran around a lot our um and that's our not postponed, David Moyes by the no, way no. our postponed games against Aston Villa who were playing on Monday nights in the FA Cup and Liverpool who were playing on Thursday night in the League Cup who were we supposed to play I would have played either of them midweek, actually. Imagine trying to get Liverpool. And, and the West Ham under-23s. <laughs> Tell Jurgen Klopp to play Tuesday, Thursday in the games <laughs> either side. It's worth saying as well, the West Ham under-23s were able to beat us so easily because we had a load of under-18s playing in that because our under-23s are now our first team. So we can't risk them in the under-23s so you're because they're required for our bench. We're allowed to play the 23s in the first team and we're allowed to play the 18s in the 20s. Is that allowed? You're allowed to play. Has anyone told David Moyes? I don't know if you yeah. saw Archie Gray on the bench, but you're allowed... You're allowed 
under 16s on the bench if that's yeah. if that's all you've got as available. Yeah. So uh, ha- cap, uh, cap tip to you, by the way, Moscow, for mentioning that um, Leeds opted to fly down rather than get the trade and save money on Archie Gray's train fare. I enjoyed that line. Well, is, yeah. well done for doing your job to a competent level. Thank you. That's in the match report that's available on our website to read at your leisure. And yeah, Arsenal and Burnley also need to be like somebody needs to tell them that they can play their under 23s. But he said we'd do this later. <laughs> so we'll just do it again. I don't, think, I don't think it matters that we slag off Moyes twice. We can <laughs> slag Moyes off three times in a week and not get tired. <laughs> Very good. James get a, a bit of praise as well. Um, Gary describing him as Mighty Mouse, which is running all day and annoying the shit out of the opposition backline, which is essentially his job, and he does it exceptionally well. The, uh, the sliding tackle on that goalkeeper was superb. You can probably count how many times he did, he did sliding tackles on their defenders to stop them from playing out. And the amount of ground he has to cover to be able to do that, I'm really warming to him in the sense that I don't care if he never scores or gets an assist in his entire life. If he can just keep doing that whenever we need to. And it's the the solution to the striker crisis that it's kind of wasn't looked for is there was a lot of kind of, oh, no, it's going to be Dan- uh, Daniel James up front, but just stick a real tigerish midfielder, defender thing in the number nine slot and let... Uh, Rafinha take care of setting up Harrison to score all the goals. Why did it work this time? Because it hasn't before. I think I've got an answer to this. I saw it in some form of analysis, but it was suggested that basically West Ham got suckered into playing our game and the game got stretched. Like it was the the chaos, wasn't it? Of uh, that Declan Rice identified in his in his post match, and maybe it just gave us the space to play in. And because they are all big lumps at the back, sticking it in behind them for Daniel James to run onto, maybe that worked. I don't know. I mean, they did, um, speaking of the big lumps, From uh, it's not included in the clips, but from listening to West Ham fans, I did learn that they paid £22 million for Diop, which is quite striking. Money well spent. <laughs> which, when you compare to, what did we pay for Strauch? About half a million quid or something, who looked absolutely class, having not played in weeks. Before you move on, Strauch, I was just going to say on James, I don't know if it's not worked. It's not worked in terms of goals so much, but the way that this result, following on from Burnley, has kind of lifted the league mood if you take out, and I know we can't, but take out the 7-0 at City, which was just bizarre, and one of those times when things blow up for us for no reason. And then... And bearing in mind they've won 12 on the trot now. Yeah, they're pretty good at what they do. And then Arsenal, where we were, it was an absolute... We shouldn't have played, given now we know about Arsenal. Mm. Arsenal would have called that game off. We'll probably get the points, because Arsenal will have to just drop out of the league at some point, won't they? If you take those out before then, Chelsea... Uh, I think Dan, did Dan James start up front for us there? But Chelsea, as Bielsa said, best performance of the season. We were robbed, not robbed, but we gave away the stupid goals in and the, the last minute penalty that, that denied us a result. And then before that, the Brentford 2-2, we beat Palace 1-0, 0-0 at Brighton, and then we're back to, we lost at Tottenham, wasn't great. But since... First half at Tottenham was good. Yeah, we were all right. Yeah, I think that's kind of my point is Southampton is obviously the Nadir when we did have James up front, and that was the one that really stank the whole place out. Since then, there's only the Tottenham defeat and then the Manchester City and Arsenal kind of just freaks that have been completely terrible. We've been trending, just slowly improving, even as the injury situation has not been getting better, it's arguably getting worse. And it needs, you know, you need the positivity of a win against West Ham after a win against Burnley to look back at those games and go, were they actually as bad as we remember them? Has Have things has been failing completely as we think when, you know, we should have 
think how different things would have been if we'd got that draw at Chelsea when Gellhart came on. There's just been a wider stressful context this year because mm. we've always been in the bottom four or five and it has always looked a bit edgy because there's always been, well, if Burnley win their games in hand, they're going to sort of, they could overtake us and if Newcastle are surely going to improve and they start signing all these players and as it is, Burnley have stopped playing games and Newcastle have just seems to refuse to get any points. So have you, yeah. have you seen, by the way, helping us out massively? With Newcastle, Eddie Howe's now had as many games as Steve Bruce had. One win. Mm-hmm. And they're not in any way noticeably better. They've just spent money on Trippier and Wood. Yeah, it's good. I was, so before the West Ham, the West Ham game has made it really clear, but in the, the days leading up to it, I was looking at the table and the results that the other teams had got, especially when it was the, the 1-1 on Saturday. And I decided at that point that the four teams who were below us then will finish below us at the end of the season and Everton will join them. And then Everton did join them. It was before that game had been played that I was thinking this and then they, uh, they dropped down. But I think, you know, curses aside and tempting fate and all that, the way that all those teams below us aren't getting any better and the way that we've kind of, when you look back at the last couple of months, we've done really well to avoid getting dragged into all that. That's where the kind of the, the good aspects of, of what we've been doing has, it's has been, a, an impact. It's been just about enough on the basis that the ones below us are terrible. Yeah. That, I think that's what, what sort of fuels that anxiety, isn't it? Is that you think we might have improved a little bit, but it's never enough compared to last mm. season. And it must be said, Everton have done really well to muscle in on that team's <laughs> worse than us yeah. section. Because it, it looked closed off from them at one saying, point. We, 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 only, we only ever see our own world, don't we? we? And we only ever see how we're performing. And, and you, you automatically assume that Burnley are going to go on a 10-game winning streak mm. despite having only won one game all season and being awful and, and sold the best striker. And that's it. And with the, the daylight now that we've, you know, it's almost, you can look at the league table quite calmly yeah. without panicking anymore. And you realise that we're nine points away from Norwich in 18th and we're nine points away from Wolves in 8th. And we've played the same number of games as Wolves. Um, we have a game in hand on um, Norwich. But Wolves and then Scum who are a point ahead of them ahead of them in the conference league places played 20 wolves also played 29 and 10 points ahead of us it's the same gap to relegation i think we're we're starting to make clear that our actual place in the league is in that group from like 10th to 15th where the number of points that's separating them is minimal and the differences in performances are Difficult to ask like we've lost eight games this season. Aston Villa have lost 11. Brentford have lost 10. And then Brighton, who were ninth, have only lost four. So it's kind of... Probably go, you look at Ars- Arsenal and West Ham, and West Ham have lost seven and fourth. Arsenal have mm. lost seven. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. we're getting. We've actually lost eight games. But we're starting to... We're getting into that position, the part of the table where we should be, yeah. which is kind of the, the lower end of the middle third, if that makes sense. Or if you want to do it as quarters, we're in the third quarter, which... <laughs> When we, where did we finish last season was ninth. So that's like one place above the third quarter of the league. Isn't it? It's divided <laughs> into fours. You know what I mean? Just for our... I, I, I hope we've got a maths teacher listening or watching. Just for our rightful place in the world. And yeah. when the target, you know, to uh, after promotion was finished 17th twice. So it's kind of, we're starting to get to that feeling of this... We're in that group just rather about than that might group. be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it should be now, I think. Just returning to where we were heading, which was uh, Pascal Strout, Dan and mm. Ruby in the feedback said... You got most of it right. That was our post-match analysis. But I think you underplayed the majestic performance of the sad musketeer, Pascal Stroud, which I, like I really enjoyed that, yeah, that, that description. Uh, what a player. And to think he was giving the ball away to Cardiff just over two years ago. And now all we give away to them is a slightly over-eager and apparently universally disliked Cody Drame. 
bless him. Yeah, it's um, it's been quite a turnaround for Strauch, hasn't it? I know it was it was after the um, when we spoke to Angus Kinnear in the West Stand after we won the championship, wasn't it? He was saying how everyone really highly, really massively rates Strauch, yeah, yeah. and we'd not we'd barely really seen him at that point. He played a couple of games at the end of the promotion season. Hasn't he? I can't remember how we got into talking about it. I think I'm pretty sure it wasn't on the podcast, but he was like saying, "Yeah, Bielsa thinks he's he's like, one of the best. Yeah, he's like one of the best we've got." It's like, oh, okay. we, we were kind of like, "Oh, interesting." Yeah, but it's in that same way that when Bielsa came in, he went, "Yeah, I will make Cooper and Dallas and Phillips the best players in the championship," and he did. <laughs> he's quite a hard one to praise, and it was quite funny listening to Bielsa kind of struggle to talk about him after the West Ham game as well, because he said he he shows what he always shows whenever he plays because he's brilliant. He did say because he's brilliant, but he was like strike. Whenever he plays, that's what he's like. And then there was another question about how well he'd done. And he, he started talking about how when players come back from injuries, it's really it's more difficult for an attacking player to get their form back and start showing what they do because they've got to be creative and, and there's some more you've, things you've they've got to do. proactively influence the mm. game rather than be a defender and reactively influence it. Yeah, and when he says when uh, when a defender comes back from injury, uh, they don't have to do it. They just have to stop somebody. So just go in and, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> It's the faintest of uh, of praise, but um, but I think it's backed up by the genuine depth of um, appreciation for Stroik, and it's a you know straight back in. And does does Yorente stick to shouting its television for the next game? That was good. I enjoyed that as well. Um, just some other body parts that were picked out. Uh, Yelda we mentions on the match ball. Jerry Muck uh, says apart from the. Fantastic performance. Hasn't Yelda got a mass, uh, massive chin? No, a magnificent chin. Sorry, a magnificent, definitely magnificent. I commented on his very high cheekbones as well. He's, he's blessed by Nordic genes. That's the thing, isn't mm. it? And yeah, he just, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a hand, he's got um, superhero looks. He could easily don a cape, I think. Yeah, I think him, Charlie Creswell and Pascal Stroik, we have a, a handsome future at centre-back. Do we need to move to a back three just so we can fit them all in the team? Mm-hmm. Seems sensible. For sexy reasons. <laughs> uh, my arse crack came in for some attention as well. Um, if you happen to see the live stream or you've watched the I, video, I, I was... <laughs> well, Moscow's vomiting. Uh, I, um, I stood up in celebration and a little bit of builder's bum poked out. That was all. Lovely. I've been sat down yeah. and, you know, haunched over the mic. The, um, um, the, the videos on YouTube got mixed up. The version I was watching, I heard uh, David Attenborough started <laughs> commentating on a mating ritual. It was uh, Aveen McGinty who um, picked out my ass crack. So they've, thank you for that. They've, they've given you the, the pronunciation there as well. Yeah, Aveen. They, did, they did that. They did that for you. Yeah. Um, and also, you, Tom Cole did pick out as well that if you go into the kitchen on eighty minutes, the equivalent of your dad leaving Ella Road after eighty minutes. It should be said. Um, I did go into the kitchen in here because we were we watching in the studio, and I found it too stressful to watch the last ten minutes or so. So I just went and made myself a cup of tea, and then sat in the kitchen. But I did watch it on my phone. I just needed, like I said, on the on the. Uh, the match ball I just needed to be in my own private hell for that it's not football you hate it's us yeah <laughs> just I just uh, I didn't want to like I said expose you to my own misery instead you no. exposed YouTube my, to your yeah. backside mm-hmm. and YouTube was, was grateful unwelcome as Rodrigo's on the line <laughs> we'll be demonetised for this broadcasting such filth and a little bit of love for Lewis Bates as well and I think universally the Legion United fan base kind of felt a bit sorry for him getting yanked having come on as a sub and seeing his uh, teenage frustration on the bench. I mean, oh, can't believe it. I mean, we are yet to see him smile. Isn't uh, there an undertone song about that? Anyway, carry on. But yeah, bless him. He, he did well, though, I thought. And um, he, he was universally praised, wasn't he? No one said like he was hooked after being shit. It wasn't like an Ali Dyer situation, was it? Where you get a glimpse of someone on the pitch, and you're like, 
Jesus Christ, he can't stay on. He looked, um, he looked really tidy, I thought. A missing yeah. teeth actually has picked out uh, one particular moment. He says uh, he enjoyed Bates, so that's bait, apostrophe S, which you've seen sometimes in reference to Ken Bates, haven't mm-hmm. you? But uh, Bates, nutmeg on the rice pudding. Very I think that's really, really clever, that. So nice work there, missing teeth. But yeah, he was good, wasn't he? I enjoyed it. And I think bright future awaits, etc. And we all understand the substitution is just something that Bielsa will do. He just needed somebody else to be dealing with Declan Rice. So, and it didn't matter. He did it with Somerville earlier in the year, didn't he? And it's, he's done it with so many people. Yeah. Now it's just kind of, it's, it's standard. I think we're all over it. I think anybody, it will have quickly been sorted out with bait afterwards. Of like, this is why you came off. These are all the things you did really well. That's your Premier League debut. Congratulations. Carry on. Yeah. Cheer up. And it's nice to see, feel that we've now got a central midfielder that we can use because I think that was the, and a proper one as well because when Rodrigo drops, tries to drop back a bit more or we have to move Dallas and it just always feels a bit like there's a, a reshuffle going on or Cock moves to defence midfield and Forshaw pushes forward. It's just nice to go, right, there's, there's a, not a proper actual central midfielder here who was purpose-built for this job and we can bring them on. We're allowed to now. Do you know what it feels like as a visual representation? You know those puzzles where you get like 16 squares and one of them's missing and you've got to move the tiles around mm. to try and get the solved puzzle? It often feels like that's what's happening to our team with Stuart Dallas. And Stuart Dallas is moving all over the Stuart place. Stuart Dallas is the, basically the, the bit that the square that allows the movement, isn't he? Yeah. Everyone else, he, he, he goes wherever he's needed and everyone else can find their own actual space. And finally, we managed to get through a full episode, Moscow, without bickering about um, squad size or signings or, or injuries. However, Jack C does want to bring up the injury situation because uh, Jack's suggesting that a coaching or even physiotherapy tutorial mm. might be necessary here because Jack does say, when I used to play sport as a kid, coaches would make us stre- stretch, and he's put stretch in, in inverted <laughs> commas there because I think it's a highly technical term mm. that not many people will understand, uh, stretch our hamstrings so we didn't pull them. I think this science needs to be taken to the training ground as soon as possible. Do you think that's uh, something you could offer to the club? Yeah, definitely. I can yeah. do that. It's the old uh, straighten the leg and sort of touch your toes well, isn't I'd it? Love to see, I'd love to see you do that. Going in to teach a load of professional athletes. <laughs> oh, the ice cream van's here. The ice cream van is here and that's a perfect place to wrap <laughs> it up. So we'll, we'll break off now and go get a, a 99. Um, you get a flake with a 99, don't you? I think so. Good stuff. From the sauce on it and sprinkles? Of course. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Part two of propaganda then. This is where we find out what the West Ham fans thought of the game on Sunday afternoon. And these are the ones we can really look forward to and we can enjoy putting together because we won and they're upset and it's not us being upset for once. Exactly. We'll start on something sensible. Hammers chat. This is the the Scottish Cockney bloke that we heard from last week. He's given a bit of actual um, analysis of the game, which I think is quite fair. But Lanzini's centre midfield with Rice today was just wrong from the start. We struggled in midfield and we're lucky Forshaw went off injured because he only played 15 minutes. He was the best midfielder on the pitch while he was there. He was running around chasing everything. Whenever Lanzini got the ball, he was right behind him. Didn't let him play football at all. We're lucky that injury took place. His accent. I didn't hear a word of what he said. His accent, it fascinates me. I sort of, kind of, from the back of the throat about little, as well. A little bit of Scottish. It almost sounded like he slipped into Yorkshire at one point. <laughs> Huh? I, did, I noticed, um, I was trying to find, I was looking at Steve Nichol clips and I noticed Shaka Hislop sounds Welsh, which is weird. Um, if you're going on weirdly blurred accents, he just occasionally just drifts into Welsh. But anyway, he's, this guy's also pointing out that um, As Moscow was just over on the other show saying, uh, what a moaning twat Moyes is. Moyes has to take a large part of the blame for today because Bielsa sort of prepared for this game in advance and the FA Cup game, he didn't play a certain players. And now if you want to take the FA Cup seriously, that's fine. But then you've got to make sure you have the squad. You've almost if you're going to take the FA Cup seriously as a manager, that's fine. But you've got to make sure you're going to pick up the points in the Premier League as well. And if we're going to use fatigue as an excuse today, which I think is plausible, then we'll do something about it. Exactly. Can't argue with it, can you? I do not understand why, given the emphasis on the Premier League, David Moyes didn't rest some of his key players, knowing that they were going to be tired against mm. us for this game. Well, because but, he wanted to win in the FA Cup, but then he wanted to win this one too, and he wanted to beat Norwich, and yeah. so. I want never gets. That's what you say to David Moyes. And I I'm, I wrote longer on this in the, my match report, so that's probably the easiest place to get it if you're interested. But it is weird how little faith West Ham, Arsenal, other clubs have in their under-23s, whereas the whole point of, and I think it gets underplayed a little bit about us sticking these kids in, is that we're not going from school to school with a bus just getting anybody who like looks reasonably like fit enough to kick a ball and rounding them up. Part of the whole idea of the small squad and the under-23s will augment it is that all those kids in the under-23s are ready. And um, Steve Nicol, of all people, was making this point on ESPN. It's like the most sensible thing I've ever heard him say, where he was like, you've got to give credit to Leeds and credit for Bielsa for the way that all the young players who've come into the team to, to help us know exactly what to do. They all know how we play, which is a really complicated way of playing in some ways. I also think it's... Bizarrely simple, it's a funny thing with Bielsa's world. But they all know what they're doing, they all know how to play, they're all ready to step into a Premier League team and not have a problem. We were saying it on the match ball when the way that nobody really flinched when Forshaw and Furpo went off and Yelda I, and... I, I uh, flinched. Well, but on the pitch where it mattered, mm. like you flinching here only disturbed me. It was it was horrible. It was like uh, jolts of electricity um, 
had electricity. Though. Not that I couldn't have <laughs> not, powered not, a, not the fun kind. I couldn't. Not have, sexy electricity. I couldn't have powered a, um, a bulb off you. But um, with the team, we just went right. Bait and bait and yelled. Premier League debuts. Fine. Crack on. You know what you're doing. We know what you're doing, and everything's fine. Whereas West Ham and Arsenal, who have you know West Ham are top of the league. Arsenal have got this incredible academy that produces um, England internationals. What's wrong with your under twenty threes that they can't you can't use any? Don't of them? trust them, do they? Exactly, it's down to trust, and it's where it fits with all the way across with Bielsa's idea of the reason Plan A is so strong is was is because we believe in it, and the reason we don't have a Plan B is because that will weaken our belief in Plan A. We trust anybody, Archie Gray, if he is needed on the pitch, they'll trust him, and it's not about oh we're desperately throwing kids in all the time. It's we've got Archie Gray ready to the point that a fifteen year old is a better option for the Premier League than some 21-year-old at Arsenal probably paid £30 million for and don't want to even look at him on a football pitch. So, me and Steve Nicol over here. Two things on this. First of all, it occurred to me over the weekend, or was it yesterday, that um, Archie Gray sat on the bench next to Rodrigo, who's twice his age. I just uh, I enjoyed the symmetry of that, like mm. the, the pattern thing. It is a weird generation, Gal. I don't want to, you know, um, say too much, but young people are strange <laughs> from an old <laughs> older perspective so even those those dynamics within the squad that you do have him sitting there like a 31 year old with a 15 year old what do we talk about <laughs> so it's very true I mean I, just to draw parallels with that I don't know if you've seen the TV series Euphoria which is kind of uh, if you saw Skins around I think it was like the turn of the millennium it was like quite edgy wasn't it mm-hmm. it was Skins on Channel 4 teenagers getting up to no good Euphoria it's on Sky Atlantic I think it's an HBO show and it's very, very up-to-date, modern kind of... It's not a teen drama in the sense that it's aimed at teens. Uh, it's just focused on a bunch of absolutely wild teens. And it's terrifying. And you observe it through slightly older eyes going, were we that wild as teenagers? I mean, Moscow's come dressed as one, which is which is nice. <laughs> when was uh, Archie Gray's date of birth? They mentioned this actually in the Sky build-up, come to think of it. He, might, he does even have a Wikipedia page. He yet. was... Uh, yeah, he does. He actually says he was born in 1877, which... Uh, that's a different... Arch- that's probably a different one. That's yeah, a Victorian played, architect or something. He played something. for Woolwich Arsenal. Oh, okay. Um, but, but they are being confused on the old... Uh, and the Woolwich Arsenal still didn't trust their under-23s back then, did they? Um, he was born on March the 12th, 2006. Right, so he was... Um, I was just looking up because Skins debuted on television on the 25th of January, 2007. So he would have been... <laughs> like toddler. Nine months old. Well, nine <laughs> oh, months yeah. old when Skins debuted. So even then, if you're sort of sitting next to him on the bench, you're like, oh... You remember on skins? And you'd be like, no. <laughs> was anyway. that in black and white, Dad? Anyway, yeah, Euphoria is good, worth a watch. Anyway, I was going to say the second point on this was that I can't think of uh, other Premier League clubs having the 23s in the first team working in, in tandem in such harmony as they do at Leeds. Like you, you imagine there to be, and I don't know if this is just my perception, but a massive disconnect between West Ham's 23s. We're running away with that 23 league mm-hmm. and their first team. They're almost a bit of an afterthought. But it's been that way at Leeds, hasn't yeah. it, in the past when... Warnock has to go over to was it Redfern at the time or mm-hmm. somebody? Have you got any? Like, have you got any players from? I it? need a right. Who's a right? Who's a right back here? Like I don't know. I never watch. I've no interest in you. But have you got one? Because I need one. And it's like that's remember. that's very much not the case now. I can't remember who it was, but somebody described Thorpe Arch as like an island, and I think they were kind of using it resentfully that they said um, it was it had, it was somebody like a Warnock who was complaining about the sort of the power of the academy and how it it was independent, but. Either way, that was all broken. And it's one of the things when, um, if you do go back to the original press conference when Bielsa turned up and Radritzani does the introduction, 
he's saying that we've brought Marcelo Bielsa in uh, to change the culture of the club because whatever they've done in the first year with Christensen and Heckingbottom that ended with Victor Orta screaming at Radrizzani in a London restaurant that this is never going to work and they have to change had all kind of made it clear to them that whatever they, however much work they did, they needed somebody like that to come in and change all that stuff, not just make the first team good, but sort the place out from top to bottom. And um, Luke Ayling, I think Phil Hay keeps uh, mentioning it from, because I think he did the interview with him, that Luke Ayling sort of said, if, if you're 19, 20 being coached by Marcelo Bielsa, imagine what kind of career you can have built off that. Whereas, Did he mention that to Cody Drama at all? Or? Well, that's uh, well, that was the subtext, wasn't it, of what Bielsa was saying? I could have turned him into an elite footballer. Could have, not anymore. Yeah, and with what an up. Op- I mean, I think we talk about drama later, but yeah, he would have been playing in the Premier League on Saturday, but instead he went and lost the game for Cardiff. Ah, well. Um, let's get back to the clips on West Ham TV. Yeah, West Ham fan TV. They were they were kind of boring last week. They won, and it wasn't a great game. We didn't score, so there's nothing to laugh at. But we did score on this one, and this is Jackie's. This is Jackie's second. So they've. If you remember the order, they'd not long equalised. Yeah, yeah. They're starting to get a bit cocky. It's obviously showing, I don't remember, but it obviously showed kind of Rajazani or Kinnear or whoever it was. It had all three of them sitting yes. in the stand looking, looking quite concerned. They were kind of having an earnest debate with each other. Have you got that midfielder's number? Well, he's not answering. So we so. see the development of them seeing that through to the goal. Oh, beautiful. Delicious. Oh, Leeds. Leeds. The Leeds, Leeds owners. The Leeds owners. Uh, what are you saying now, Leeds owners? Let's be having you. Let's be having you. Oh, oh, oh. Please say that's ruled off. Please get... No, VAR, please, no. Fucking hell. Come on, please say this. We got two carried away we did again. Please, no. Please say this. We got carried away again. Let's look for an ball offside. Give me, please. Oh, it's offside. It's offside. Please, please say it's offside. Please. Oh, please. Let's have a look. Is Amble? Amble? Please. He's off. He's got... Oh, I think Sufal's playing him on. Please say he's just off. Please. It's his toenail or something. Please. Oh, we've got two carried away. We've got two cocky. We did. Fuck! Ah! We've got two carried away. Fucking hell! We couldn't hold on to that fucking lead just to see that. Ah, oh, fucking bullshit. Oh, here we go. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, at least they acknowledge the folly of their own like confidence and cockiness. Yeah. And and that is, that's the, the other bad thing about VAR now. It's reduced everyone to ha- that moment after you concede a goal where going, just be something. Because you yeah. do it, don't you? You instinctively go, could it have been offside? Could there have been a handball or a push or something? I don't know. He started um, singing his tribute to Talking Heads, Cycle Killer. <laughs> Keska say, va 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 va. Very good. Never heard that before. I, Again, another one for the kids. There. The other guy was. Um, <laughs> oh, the kids love talking heads. Um, the uh, other guy was kind of annoying. You don't want to, somebody going like, ah, no, nah, you get calming down, get carried away. I'm just trying to have a nice time. Ah, you carried away. This is why. Leave me alone. Just to um, go back to a point we've made often. Why we will never do watch-alongs mm. because you say things that your thought processes might be going through. Like, because, you know, when they scored, you, your automatic thought is, well, surely there's been a push. Surely there's a foul in there. Mm. And nobody needs to... Yeah, when he started <laughs> screaming... These that thoughts it's, externalised. Screaming that it's offside when it, it was never offside. Like, no. that's absolute desperation. And that's the other thing. You, I know you, you don't like VAR for the way it 
spoils goal celebrations. But in this case, this is them kind of using it as a, a crutch or something to cling to. That mm. every that every kind of goal you just got somebody going like, "Well, VAR's got to find something." Someone and, needs to do something about this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now there is that thing of like the option exists for them, whereas it didn't before, and that's kind of just as bad. I sometimes got that feeling when someone would score a really good goal against you, and you kind of go like, if someone just like, like, there was the she- the Sheffield Wednesday one where it was the Adam Reach volleyed one in from like yeah. a ridiculous angle. I remember he scored that, and I sort of went. Well, can't someone disallow that? Because that yeah. was well, what, that what, can't be right. What it used it? to be is you'd look over at the linesman, and as soon as you didn't see a flag, that was mm, it. You then yeah. got into the grief stage of uh, oh, of no. dealing with it. Oh, yeah. oh, bollocks! Oh, I can't believe it. Yeah. Anyway, let's enjoy the third. <laughs> oh. oh fucking hell! You fucking pricks! Oh my god! Fucking Harrison! Oh. Fucking twat! Fucking loads of goals in this, though, isn't it? What the fuck was We've got that? Why do we keep fucking coming back all the time? Look, it's D- D- well, let's see. Diop passes it in the middle there to Vlasic. Vlasic has got a man Vlasic on him. Didn't see and look at that. It's too fucking simple. Simple, Barrison. man. Embarrassing. 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 Didn't even need to play that. Embarrassing. He played a simple ball. Look, straight over, wide open, man. Oh, Antonio. That's just a comedy of fucking errors all over. All fucking over. Harrison Hattrick, fuck's sake. <laughs> the old uh, famous Shakespearean play. <laughs> Comedy of fucking errors. He does, uh, we hear it happening there. Stuart Dallas's role in this goal, uh, underrated, and how it's a full Bielsa of nick the ball in midfield just after he's received the pass, give it to Rafinha, give it to Harrison, goal. Yeah, the, the timing of that particular bit of pressing was outstanding wasn't yeah, it it's great from Dallas and, I, and again this guy who was telling them that they'd all got carried away I don't know what he's he's got this interesting alternative commentary while all these people are screaming around him because on the the other one he's going like ah oh, no we all got carried it carried away pretending that our owners were Norwich's owners which was weird and then on this one while everybody's losing their minds he's going well lots of goals aren't there <laughs> only upside Mary Poppins I was thinking that when we were playing Man City when we were playing Man City earlier in the season. Not, I was not thinking, a goal, oh, it's good goals. <laughs> it's the uh it's because living in London so miserable that you've got to it, there's always you've got to find the upside. So oh, he only he only punched one of my eyes out. Oh, <laughs> he's, oh, he's a good fella, I think he's my friend. So it's it's he knows a crazy, of course. Well, it's that it's the um lots of goals man who's he's already been made fairly famous by this last clip because this is when Bowen chests it over and he turns into a chicken. Go on, here we go. On, here we this go. This is it. This is it. Ah! Oh my god! Fuck! 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 Oh my god! That! Oh my god! Fuck! 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is great. <laughs> yeah, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that, this that clip. If you had to sum up what this show is about in one clip, that is it. So thank you for that. Even. David Moyes went and on Jared Bowen for that. I loved it when his uh, the first question in the post match was, "Could could you believe Jared Bowen missed a chance at the end?" And he says, uh, "And you know, Bielsa, we go. <laughs> we, we can compare everybody to uh, he's coming back. He's coming back. When you're done, um, we're all getting carried away." Um, there's absolutely no attempt to defend him whatsoever. I can't see why he would not head it instead of chest it in. I can understand if it's a decision between your feet and head. Sometimes you might decide that, but I cannot see the decision between the chest and your head 
But Jared scored a great goal today and he's done a lot of good things for us. What I will happens. say, in mitigation for that miss, no. it, did, it did come off Luke Ayling's foot, didn't it? Which changed the, the... Was it? I think so. Oh, I would say Luke Ayling, but anyway, by the by. It came off a foot that changed the trajectory of it. And it all happens so quickly. If you've ever played football and you're playing it at that sort of speed, it can be just enough. You've to... got to remember how tired he is as well. Mm. He is a professional though and there was loads of time to watch that ball coming down. <sighs> I, mm. anyway. I, think, I think there's a chance if it had been me, it'd have just smashed me straight in the face and gone in. So yeah. that's what he should have. He should, he should if he'd have let it just whack him off the side of his of his otherwise unaware face, it'd have probably gone in, but it didn't. So that's good. Right. So let's move on to the post game anyway. Yep. This you say this shows about that last clip, but I think it's also about calling children little pricks. <laughs> Fine. One of our favourite pastimes. So here's one. We'll see what happens when we get there. Hopefully, get our confidence levels up when we get back there. But you know. The losing against these small clubs and then winning against the big ones, there is differences. And I'd rather take six points off two small teams than one big team. So, oh, that's the uh, that's the FIFA generation, isn't it? Right there. Thoughts on that? It's, it's not his fault, probably. I guess he's mainly grown up with us not in the Premier League. Yeah, mm-hmm. but big team is not measured by distance from the pitch. Just because you have to sit like three hundred yards away from the the pitch in the London Stadium does not mean you've got a big team. Mm. Nor does big attendances, which have only happened because you're in the London Stadium. Yeah, and it's mainly um, YouTubers who were who there, as we established last time. At least we know that that child will be sleeping on a bed of coal. <laughs> bad, up, bad upbringing. If he's lucky. Speaking of bad upbringings, Indeed. I don't know what's happened in this next clip. I had to get up at six o'clock this morning to get a half-eight train from Telford. That was fucking dying. That was awful. I wish I'd say I'd go home, but my mum's a Leeds fan, so that, that's not going to be good when I get back. Fucking How's she allowed that to happen? It's a good question. Living in Telford, I guess. But where the fuck is Telford? It's over towards Shrewsbury, isn't it? It's like uh, sort of west of Stoke, over towards Wales. What a mixed up boy. It's nice. Like Iron Bridge is nice. It's got a nice Iron Bridge. That's it. Yeah. Hence yeah. the name. Yeah. 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 Nearby. Reasonable chance that his mother's listening. Yep. Mm. If you are, I hope um, you have mocked him. <laughs> yeah. Also, getting all, a, all the way to Telford and back again. I had to get an eight thirty train. Eight thirty, mate. It's not. Yeah, crack it on. It's not really that early, is it? <laughs> wait, get, to, wait till you have to get a job. <laughs> wait to get up the yeah, get up the old sailors. <laughs> yeah, we've got fish delivery <laughs> down the market. Yeah, right. What's this next one? This is a guy who's um, well. He, he starts trying to run through the goals to explain how bad they all were, but then he he realizes he can't. <laughs> Let's be honest, Leeds could have had about five or six. I mean, I, 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 all the goals today, you know, like the, the, the save from Fabianski that led to the first, why aren't we clearing it? You know, you get away with it, clear it. You're giving it straight back to them, they score. The second goal, I didn't see because my fucking glasses were steamed up. <laughs> That's great. Fair enough. <laughs> didn't, didn't see it, didn't happen, <laughs> did it? <laughs> um, on to the next one. This is just, um, it's good to hear that Leeds fans are, are ruining ruining the day for people. I mean, this is it. Again, we talk about clips that this show is about. I think this encapsulates it just nicely. Not a lot to take out of today. I had a bunch of Leeds fans sitting above me. Don't know what they were doing in the West Stand, um, winding me up. Whatever, every decision that went against us, they were cheering. It's a horrible day. Perfect. Ruined my holiday. <laughs> Although there were reports of uh, an exposed penis in the Leeds end, weren't there? Yeah, don't do that. No. Um, but I don't think these people were. They were just cheering yeah. behind him, which is, in fairness, when I used to be in the East Stand and they used to occasionally get away fans because I was towards the back of it, you'd get away fans in the boxes and it used to really, really... That's, that is where I sit. And we've it had, used to annoy me enormously. We've had a couple of moments this season where you end up turning around a lot 
seeing what's going on. But behind when you. it's Leeds fans doing it, it's quite funny. Yeah. So I'm willing to accept it. Fair enough. Let's move on to um, Alex Griffin then, who we've had Alex on before, haven't we? So- Last week. He's gone to two. He's a he's a neutral. This lad. He's an Ipswich fan. I don't know if he lives in Ipswich. But if he if he does, he's travelled from Ipswich to London two games, two think, weekends in a row. Is it right that West Ham? I don't know the sort of geography of that part of the country, but have they got quite a few fans over towards sort of kind of Essexy way? That kind of yeah, maybe northeast of London to Ipswich, and he's an Ipswich fan. But I mean, just heading over in that direction, so you could imagine there's a little bit of crossover in terms of like you got Suffolk there, you got Essex, then you kind of got West Ham in London, and and then you've got a bedroom full of Ipswich posters. And they got a trains into the London. And you decide to in go to town, as they call be, it. They'd be nearer places than um, West Ham and cheaper. Like if I was, I can understand the the neutral urge of like, oh, I just want to go watch a live football match. I won't go and watch a, a Premier League game because it costs an absolute fortune. Go watch Cambridge or and go to a game where you can actually see the pitch properly. Like because yeah. I mean, I, I didn't look at his stuff from inside the ground, but certainly for the cup game, he was overlooking the the roller rink part. He was kind of just in the just next to the Leeds fans, but. Absolutely awful view. I don't think anybody who was at the, the first game was necessarily like enthusiastic about going back to West Ham again a week mm. later, apart from our resident Ipswich fan. But yeah, so he's desperate to go back again for the, the same experience. Yeah, just just, with, it's just a closeted Leeds fan. There's a slightly he? smaller number of, of Leeds fans there, but last week we were mocking him for, he was trying to find a West Ham fan, he spoke to a scum fan. Uh, and those tourists, wasn't tourists, yeah, But yeah. he did find a Leeds fan who might also be a tourist. Yeah, this... This is fascinating. Given this. Deconstruct this afterwards, bearing in mind we need to uh, hurry through these clips, but what's going on here? I ask everyone this question. What's your favourite Leeds United chant? Oh, I think it's got to be, yeah, just marching on together. It's like, it's out. Sing it for me. Yeah, marching on together. We will journey on. We are so proud. We shout in our land. We love you. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Enjoy the game. We will journey on. We will journey on. Is it on or home? Either way is wrong. <laughs> I don't think it matters. It's a rough, it's a sort of an approximation of marching on together. He's got the gist of it right. It's like yeah. if you're retelling a story and you're like, walking in formation uh, to a place um, together. For victory. You, you, get, you get the idea. It's yeah. the, he's, he's roughly there, isn't he? Um, as, long as, you, as long as you can sing the tune. Got a Midlands accent as well. Yeah, Curious. Right. Yeah. I, I don't understand how you'd get to the, he's not a young person either. So I don't understand how you get to this point and not know that we will journey on. Although, doesn't feature. Gotta remember, marching on together, Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. It's fifty years old. Is that song? So maybe if you are a more was recent, there, well, was there an early pressing where it was "We Will Journey On"? Or no, but I'm saying you, you might you might have heard it loads of times in the stadium and, and sung along to it. What you think it is? I mean, mm. like my, my wife sings along to songs on the radio all the time and gets the words wrong. It doesn't appreciate me correcting her either. Oh, well, which is ungrateful. All the lies people tell their children about what songs are. Like yeah, um, exactly. that we are Leeds, we are vile. David Jones is a crocodile. Exactly. As someone uh, t- told his uh, oh, really? his son, it was that was Phil who was uh, <laughs> and who listens. He's on the he's been on the square ball farm for many years. It's uh, crocodile because crocodile, yeah. crocodiles are mean, aren't they? Yeah. So exactly, it'd be uh, it'd be a slander. Did you see that kid who went to the <laughs> the Chelsea game? Who were they playing? Um, they were sport. I think he was a Spurs oh, fan. And you know what saying, you did. You know what you did at Marcus Alonso, <laughs> five year old girl. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's one that they don't need to be practicing at home before going. What, what to did Marcus Alonso do? Let's not get into it. It was a road traffic thing. Yes, wasn't yeah, it? that's yeah, all we need to say. People died in a road Someone traffic. Someone died. Yes. Yes. So I'm not. not I'm not entirely sure of the what it doesn't. He did or didn't do. What I would say it. is this: for a, a podcast that is supposed to be light-hearted in tone, it doesn't feel like a very rich seem to mind. So let's move on from that. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Fusion Josh, who was another neutral, weirdly. Fusion Josh and Alex Griffin met outside the ground and they to- they spoke to each other. It was like a weird... Oh, it was like crossing the streams. Crossing the streams, yeah. So these are, these are both kind of neutral 
fans. Um, oh, we can make references. Is it, is it, is it, is it a Brighton make... fan, you thought? Well, yeah, we heard from Fusion Josh a few weeks ago. I can't remember which game, but he's a Brighton fan who got banned because he was selling uh, tickets. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, yeah, he was selling. He was banned for selling on uh, tickets, but he was like he already had. He used to be a a, a Brighton YouTuber. He had more than twelve thousand subscribers at the time that he then um, got yeah, into got touting, done, done the ticket touting, and is is banned. So he now has to go to. Do we even need a ticket tower, Brighton? I mean, it's a strange. Uh, it's a strange old carry on. Mm. Uh, but anyway, he but was now here. He is. He was. There. I think they they like Leeds games because they like tagging videos with like carnage, limbs, all that sort of stuff. So I think, but they're trying to kind of get the the best limbs here. And um, although this is this is a clip of when Clicks goal goes in and is obviously later disallowed, but the limbs, he's yeah, lo- here. loads of this was doing the rounds massively mm-hmm. on Twitter, wasn't it on uh, on Sunday night? But it bears repeating. Oh, here comes Rafinha, balls in. Wow! Oh, fucking hell! Oh my! There is genuine worry in his voice, isn't there? <laughs> oh no, I've never seen anything like this at Brighton. Ah oh, dear. Right, um, TSC777. Mm, he was sat near Fusion Josh. Right. Judging by the angles that we, they were... I said this before, didn't I, actually? That they when, were when we were talking about how to develop Ellen Road, was it over on the extra ball that we did this? When uh, someone was asking, because I mentioned like a citizenship test almost mm. for learning how to become a Leeds fan. And maybe we put all the tourists into one corner. Mm. Maybe this is what they do because they've got so many seats at this um, Daft Stadium. Maybe that's what they've done. Mm. Have a YouTube section. Yeah, you, are you a YouTuber? Off you go over there. Mm. It's a good idea. ATC seven 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 seems to be a flight. No TSC. That yes, TSC seven 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 seems to be a flight from Gatwick to Vancouver. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that's what he's he's named his channel after. He doesn't. He he sounds very Cockney. This this mm. fella. I've and just looked, I've just found him on YouTube. He he does Roblox, um, Minecraft, and Explain Eleven as <laughs> Rob, well as Roblox. West Ham. <laughs> you can tell we've got the kids. <laughs> Roblox, it's Roblox. Roblox, as in robots. Well, I'm not Roblox. Gonna, when you know, I'm going to start calling Rob Conlon when he's in. <laughs> kids' name's Rob. You can't. Oh, that's interesting. So he's gone for he goes for sweary football videos and kids' games are his niches. Interesting. Yeah, let's listen to the first one then. This, he's good value. I mean, I think a lot of this is is performative, isn't it? Mm. You have to say. Yeah, it start, it's, this is nice because you can. it didn't come across on the TV because um, presumably the microphones are pitch side and the people are not. But there's a really nice bit of marching on together going on, which he's booing. I, I He didn't boo taking the knee actually at the start because I did, I, having heard this, I did go back to the start to see if he did, but he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he just does that when it's on telly. It reminded me of you know, the clip of the man um, kneeling in front of it, stood in front of his telly, booing it. But um yeah, so he just, because you get such a terrible view there, he also gets to do the little cheer when he sees the shot saved. Ah, oh, bless him. It's one of football's great gifts, isn't it? When like fans of the opposition team cheer something only for like it to then go in your favour. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Which he would have actually been able to enjoy on this because uh, this this next clip is of the click goal, which is I mean obviously we know it is disallowed, 
but he absolutely loses his shit, which is great. And he can never take this back. Oh, fuck off! Fuck off! You cunt! You fucking prick! You fucking dickhead! Give us some, you fucking cunt! <laughs> I mean, we've said before about, like, you know, when we behave outrageously in football stadiums, this is why it doesn't need to be videoed because we can all get into moments like this, can't mm. we, of, of sheer frustration and anger. I don't think you probably do, Moscow. You're quite zen generally with football, but I can get a little bit, not that sweary, but... I can, I've, yeah, I'm not saying I've never done it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if I'd film myself doing it, I won't, I won't put it on YouTube. No. I'd just let it be for the people around me. I'd like to think if we're trying to rack up hits here on YouTube that we're doing it for the right reasons, mm. and not just for mindless swearing. You know what I mean? Anyway. It's an interesting contrast because I'm giving him a few views at the same time on his um, Roblox videos. He's, I don't know if he's made this, but it's like it's a pretty good train set that he's got going on. <laughs> and so it's just like it's showing the people are, are boarding this train. It looks like it's some kind of... It reminds me Get of the Get on, ones you pricks! In the, uh, if you remember the, uh, the Benilux quiz, and I used uh, Benilux trains. One of those treats for the extra ball subscribers. <laughs> yeah, of course. You need a, you need a membership yeah, that's, for this that's kind of joyful stuff. stuff yeah. Um, it looks like it's one of those trains and he's, it's just setting off from the station. Now you can see the view from the, the cockpit. I don't, I've not got the sound on, so I don't know if he is swearing. I feel like this, this is maybe going to be under, underappreciated by the listener slash viewer because they can neither see it nor hear it. Well, it, but it's interesting. So to, to know that that's going on and I'm currently looking at a view from a slow moving train at some beautiful countryside. I think we've got another clip of him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this, it's a similar relaxed vibe here. This is, this is right at the end of the game through into the end of his video. So he starts in the stadium, then he's he's kind of outside the ground still swearing. Many are your fucking piece of shit! Honestly, fucking many. I want to fucking kill the cunt. We can't keep dropping points to shit teams. Fucking Leeds United, I swear. They're shit. Not though, are we? <laughs> Better than West Ham at the weekend. After he says he's going to kill Melier, if you listen carefully, you can hear a woman next to him go, shut up. Oh, really? Yeah, he just is under there. Excellent. She's obviously been listening to him all game. I don't know if she's with him, or <laughs> yeah. it's just unfortunate to be sat next to him. But yeah, if you listen carefully, you do you just hear her. Shut up. Maybe maybe it's his wife or girlfriend if he's got one. Just like, shut up. She, she hears all be, the time. Uh, she might be on to the club saying, like, don't sit me in the YouTube <laughs> section next week. <laughs> Why is it? What's he going against Melier? I honestly don't understand. He's such a, a mild-mannered, nice Wants to kill him. I think that's person. a... We should report him to the police. Right. Um, wider world of propaganda. This is where we find out what's going on in the sort of broader football sense. Just what's being said. Basically, indulging in other people's misery, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean... We, we'll keep this quite short this week because we've had a good week. Yeah, so we've we've had enough West Ham misery, but we'll um, we'll indulge in a bit of scum misery. The football terrace, which is Terry Fluers. I know a while ago we were discussing whether I thought he was a scum fan. You thought he might be Chelsea. There was a lot of Chelsea on his um, Twitter when I looked, but then you scroll down far enough, you get you know. I think he was saying that Cavani to Barcelona was a done deal, and all this. It was very strange. But he's, he is Man United, isn't he? He is very much Man United. Um, the other week he was saying that he wanted he would take Burnley over Leeds in the league because we weren't good enough despite the league table he wanted, well, kind of he, showing he, he otherwise. Not, he wanted the division filled with Burnleys, didn't he? Not just, not just one, yeah, one club. It was yeah, like, give, give me 20 Burnleys over... Like, 
it was weird. Then he spoke to another scum fan who said Bielsa was a fraud. All this sort of stuff. Um, obviously, they hysterically drew with Villa this week, having um, been two goals to the good, which was funny. But before we get onto his reaction to that, let's give it context, shall we? A bit of context. Yeah. Go back to his, his opening day when they obviously had a good win against us. And yeah. let's see how he's see how he's feeling after that one. You imagine that things were all quite good in his only world. a few months ago. Let's yeah. remember. Yeah. They have drawn a line, though. They have moved the needle. They have said to, to City and to Chelsea and to Liverpool, this is how good we are this year. There's talent aplenty to arrive in this team as well. And so far, Oli's done a very good job. It's only one game, so let's, let's just not get carried away. We were more creative. The line was pressed higher. We carried on trying to score goals after taking the lead. We made good substitutions at the right time as well. Excellent choice of teams and lineups. Let's hope that Oli can do more of that from a Man United fan's point of view. Very balanced, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah, they were happy, weren't they? Good. Yeah, team looks better. This was even before the San Ronaldo. I mean, obviously... There's... That's what's to come from this team this year. They had Dan James then back then. Maybe he was the talisman. Possibly. But yeah, you had, obviously you're adding Ronaldo into this mix. It's going to get it's going to get even better, isn't it? You would think. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but that, then, that won't make the dressing room toxic at all. Then we uh, then we cut ahead to, to this weekend. Yep. Okay, so I imagine it's a very similar sort of vibes. <laughs> this football club delves to lower depths of depravity. This football club lets us down again. I'm being tweeted throughout the game. Look what happens when you drop the British players. Look what happens when Ronaldo's not playing. Look what happens when Maguire's not playing. Look what happens when my favourite players are on the pitch. Fuck you! This football club is finished. It is finished in every single which way and form. That's quite a turnaround, isn't it? I'm just looking up, uh, actually, depravity. I mean, the depravity is, is clearly since Ronaldo has arrived mm. um, has led to that. But what he also obviously doesn't like is people tweeting him during a game when Man United are not doing well. So it'd be a shame if people, yeah, if people did that and reminded it? him of this. <laughs> I think it's Man United fans that he's got because I think he, he he's people who are saying, "Oh well, what you said last week was wrong," and um, doesn't like it too much. Well, let's should we, should we finish on a high because I feel like this is a real high watermark to go out on his final clip. It's quite performative I think and a bit showy offy for YouTube you know but again you know people in glass houses and so on and so forth however I think you can just sit back and enjoy this one because well it's the usual calm considered measured non-depraved response mm. heart that's for you now heart passion desire that's what wins you games not passing nicely if you ain't got that you've got nothing nothing this club has no heart no soul, nothing. Now I'm waking the kids up. I don't. Even... <laughs> He's waking. The kids are not there. Are He's, they? At least he has reached. <laughs> at least he has. Yes, yeah, it was a weekend. She won't let me see the kids anymore. <laughs> but same Man United have got no heart and no soul. Is um, it's, I feel like he's a bit late to that party. Yeah, I don't know which bit of the uh, the various you know Hong Kong soft drinks partnerships, Nigerian tractor partners, all that sort of stuff that they do has has led him to this. Uh, but yeah, he's, he has realised, which is which is nice. It is interesting to note that when he worked at Barclays, according to his LinkedIn, he says he was responsible for motivating and developing staff <laughs> to captivate their personal careers and keep the best people who share our company values. And one of his uh, strengths was communicating daily with my area team to ensure a collective and organised workforce by distributing results, best practice and constructive feedback. And I think you can really hear that coming through mm, yeah. on his uh, his YouTube channel. Also, to say that being a good team isn't about passing nicely. 
kick, kick the ball harder. It's, it's kind of partly about passing nicely. But you've got to do it with passion. I don't think Man United won all those trophies in the 90s and the 90s by not passing nicely. I think I think that is key. But Roy Keane was furious every time he passed to somebody. That's the thing. That's <laughs> that what true. that's what motivated them to win. And I'm sure that's probably what his uh, his teams back in the Barclays days never tired of hearing that they had to uh, they had to pull those spreadsheets when you're opening a spreadsheet. <laughs> You've got to believe that you're really opening it doesn't that matter where the, Doesn't matter where the numbers are. Just fucking open just it. Believe hard. in them. Put all <laughs> your heart into updating that spreadsheet. That wraps up propaganda for this week. It was an enjoyable one this week. We should win more often, I think. That mm, would definitely uh, that would make this show a little bit easier. But um, here we are. We will soldier on manfully like we do. With and, heart. And return um, with more propaganda after Newcastle. And we're going to be recording the weekly show straight after this one where we will pick heroes and villains and... Uh, preview that Newcastle game and wrap up all the Leeds United news. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.